welcome to Soul Speak with Rachel. And today we have a very, very special guest, Laura Bajorek. Yay! Hello. <laughs> hi, Laura. Hi. Uh, hi. Before we go into where our conversation is going to take us, I would like to give you a most proper introduction. So here we go. Laura Bajorek is a life coach from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. <laughs> Her favorite thing to talk about is trauma, grief, and relationships. Her superpower is helping people heal things they never thought they could get through. Wonderful. Welcome, 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 Laura. Thank and you. I love that, uh, that bio. I really love that. And we're going to really dive into that. But before we do, <laughs> I would like to talk about how you and I met each other. Yes. We met, and correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, because my memory is like all over the place. <laughs> but we met, I believe, in 2017. Yes. It might have been the year. Okay. And we met at an Ianla Van Zant retreat workshop. Uh, it was for a week, right? I believe it was for it five, was five days. days. Yes. Yes. And that workshop, I forget the name of it. I know the it was rites for of passage. rites of passage. You remember rites of passage. And I don't know if y'all know Ian Levanzan. <laughs> if you don't, you could Google her real quick because, of course, she has the show or had the show. It's no longer on Ianla Fix My Life. And we didn't get that Ianla, but Ianla's persona, her her makeup, in my opinion, is to help us to heal. So this workshop was no different. There were quite a few, um, how do you call it? Not activities. Well, maybe uh, they're activities or projects or. Uh, I, would, I would think of them like ceremonies or rituals. Cer yes, ceremonies and rituals. Mm -hmm. We had quite a few of them. Yeah, that one after another. Oh, after after crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was seriously a right of passage or yes. quite a few rites of passages mm -hmm. so it was was it like I would say it's like it was a hundred of us or so I think so yeah yeah Laura and we it was all women and we were broken up into our age group by decade yes and Laura and I at the time I'm about to give our ages away <laughs> Laura okay. I'm so happy to be how old I am no worries yes <laughs> we were in the age group of the 30s at mm -hmm. the time uh -huh. do the math anyway we could still be in the 30s though I, well not this one I was the elder in that group <laughs> oh yeah that's right you were so. the eldest and I think I was number three mm -hmm. yes so um, and what happened is if this is making any sense, let me try to make sense. We chose a name for ourselves and the thought behind these names that we chose, they were on cards and we had to go to a table and pick a card at the time. We didn't know that they would be our names for the week. 
And, and we didn't know what the word was either. We didn't know it what was the word was. Anonymous. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, so we wound up. I remember what yours was, Laura. I remember yours too. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say yours and you say mine. Uh-huh. So Laura, as the leader, was Harmony. Mm-hmm. And that was her name for the rest of the week. Yeah. And yours was Unconditional Love. Unconditional Love. And it's so interesting because there was another Unconditional Love before me. Was I number four or was I number three? I don't remember. Anyhow, let me not get caught up in the, yeah. (laughs) So uh, this experience that we had in the group was, it was a bonding. It It was a strong sense of bonding because We in our age groups or people in the same age groups, we tend to have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. So in our healing process in the week, we were able to really dig deeply into our traumas, our pains, our so many things. So I'm going to let you say anything you want to say about that experience, Laura. You know, or everything harmony. about it. Yeah, everything about it was crazy to me because I knew I knew it was going to be hard and I was signed up. I was ready. Yeah, I was like, OK, but what I thought was so fascinating was Iana and her her team. What does she call them? Um, It wasn't the dream team. No, I'll remember. Oh, it. my God, I can't remember either. It, it was, was a so beautiful. Good. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, so she, they were all, it was a lot of tough love. It was a lot of very authoritative love, like grandma kind of energy, you know, you just don't like literally take the shoe off your foot and beat you with it kind of love, you know? And um, it was, I'd never experienced that kind of maternal trust, Mm. you know, where it was like, okay, I have to trust you. And so Mm -hmm. for the first couple of days, I was afraid. And I was like, I just thought I was going to get trouble. I was felt (laughs) in trouble. And, um, you know, if you ask too many questions, they would like, eyeball you and be uh-huh. like, just trust me and i See, was me like, being in a, a black person that didn't scare me at <laughs> all black well, i was caribbean to, yeah that's fair <laughs> but i was used to like really kind of being that energy in my circle right because oh, i didn't understood. really have a lot of maternal um energy and and the one i mean when i was growing up it was scary and very intense like that but it right. wasn't positive it was all just really traumatizing so right. being back in it and having to trust that was so cool and mm. really really healing for me mm-hmm. and you know there were a couple of ceremonies and i don't want to talk too much about it because i really do think you've got to go do this like, definitely and i would i would hate to spoil the crazy I don't, crazy the, i'm telling word. you i'm transformative <laughs> but crazy like out there <laughs> yes. kind of what there is it's one that sticks in my mind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. like when you wake up in the middle of a group on the floor and there's oh, a blanket on you and you don't know what girl. happened that is just I mean but it, yeah I get chills just thinking about it it was transformative it was really um I felt like a different human when I left yeah. and it was beautiful it was yes. just a beautiful experience and I, I mean, there. I remember with you. Every time I think about you, I think about her <laughs> coming at you, girl. Saying, I listen. I listen with my nipples. We, and yeah, I was like, yo, ooh. yo, she, ooh, ooh. But I'm proud of myself because I stood up too. Yes, but she, yes, she, she really is a saw right force. through you. Yes, yeah, she saw through it. Yes, she and did. She, 
it was beautiful because I have it, goosebumps thinking about too. that. <laughs> I know, but that was the thing too, is I was, there was this, it was a moment where, um, like it was so funny. I, I, I don't want to get too specific about exactly what happened. Cause it's so private what goes on in that mm. room, but it was like a, there was the culture, there was the like communal understanding of what this woman was expressing. Mm -hmm. And then there was like the reality that Iana was trying to share with us of like mm -hmm. mindfulness and being right. truly present and fully aware of not everything is about you. Right. And not everything needs to be a big social fight and not everything yeah. right here, we are safe. Right. And right here, she's telling her truth and not yours, sister. Yeah. <laughs> No, was, really. Iyanla let me have it. Was, it. So she yes. fixed my life in that moment. It was beautiful because was. I still think about that. I think about yeah. that every time I get myself lost in someone else's story or someone yeah. else's fight without like me too. Being truly mindful about it. Yeah. There's a difference. You know, yeah. you can be there for someone and be fighting for them without letting it piss you off all right. kinds of ways. Right. And it was just, it was, it was so funny because I just remember feeling like, oh, you are in so much trouble. Yo, I felt heard. it too, but I was like, I I had to do this and I <laughs> yes. was myself. I but was proud I, of you. I that woman, I <laughs> I got to really see um, she is of God is how yes. I felt yes. like she is not work. She's not doing this out of ego nope. at all. She is with the spirits. Yes. She is a channel. And yeah, yes. she was just, she was just such a beautiful, all of her people yeah. that were, she had working for her were so beautiful. Was it something I, mama's mama? Danny was the, Ma oh, was the I woman. loved oh. I loved her. I know. I know. Oh my God. She was remarkable, but everything about it was cool. And it was, um, there are only a couple people that I still talk to. You're but, the only one that I speak yeah, to. I talked to two. <laughs> okay. And I just love you both so much. I, it, I get, every time you do anything, I'm just like, yes. Like, I'm I just, like, love that quarter. you so cheer me <laughs> on. I'm like, I love that woman. I love her. And we haven't um, been in Nope. contact physically no. for these almost five years but mm -hmm. the level of support that's yes. there like I feel it yes. and I know it it's a connection it's yeah like you nobody's seen what we have seen no. in that room the eyes have women. not seen yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and there's no way I mean I've even tried to explain okay so like I was birthed nah, by son. This, and people are like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you're doing. It sounds crazy. And it felt crazy <laughs> until the end of it. Like it yes. just wasn't crazy. Yes. But until anything it about it sounds crazy. Exactly. Yeah. It was remarkable. One yeah. of the things that I thought was so interesting for me that, that kind of launched my own understanding of the kind of trauma therapy that would be helpful for me was her very mm. small touch of EMDR in the mm. building when we did the eye movement. I remember. Activity. Yeah. And just that one thing mm. changed so much of how I was like, what I was carrying. Mm. And I had like, I described it, my sister and I both have it. And I know a lot of people who do have been traumatized by their parents where it's almost like um, the angel devil on your shoulder type of mm -hmm. narrative, except mm -hmm. it's my mother <laughs> and mm. she just lives there and she just takes up rent-free space in my brain. And right. she's just like, oh, I wouldn't have done that like that. Or right. oh, those towels are ugly or whatever. Right. And it was like all day, like, look, my mom's watching me cut carrots. I wonder what she'd think about me cutting carrots. Meanwhile, my mother is just having her own life. She's not thinking right. about me. She right. doesn't care about how I'm cutting my carrots. And so, um, 
in that moment, she said, you know, I want you to think about something you'd like to just detach. And that was it. I just wanted to take her out of my head and let her be right where she was and kind of delineate like the boundary of we're not codependent anymore. I don't even know you. Right. (laughs) I'll do you and I'll do me. You're grown. I'm grown. Yeah. And it was like a, a switch and I, it never, there have been some moments because Mm -hmm. she is in my life again Mm -hmm. and she hadn't been for about 25 years but there have been some moments where that switch goes back Mm -hmm. and I recognize it right away but it was EMDR that she was doing um, and it was in a group of a hundred people and it was still that effective and that has changed my outlook on what kind of mental health care I could use that would be really helpful to me Mm. um, when I can't the words don't work Mm-hmm. The work doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The praying doesn't work. The things like I love all that. the, the other work stuff. doesn't work. Sometimes, <laughs> right? Sometimes the work doesn't, doesn't work. Yes, I yeah. love that. So that was really interesting because, you know, moving forward, whenever I find myself um, just fully triggered, mm. that's when I'm like, you know what? I think I need some EMDR. I think mm. I need to make an appointment. I need to clean it up a little bit. And that I would not have understood the value of how mm. uh, fast of a treatment that is mm-hmm. and how effective, because it sounds so silly. Right. Like, oh, just look that way for a little while while you're thinking right. about this thing. And then right. it's amazing. And so it right. made me really, um, from a practical standpoint, really look into brain health mm. and understand like a lot of the tools that she used were so, she would go from Native American ceremony mm-hmm. to like, African dance ceremonies mm-hmm. to EMDR. Yeah. To, like, I mean, it was just so all encompassing. Yeah. And it was just this like one two punch. You get up at five in the morning, you pray, you do this, yeah. you do this. Like, here's your vegan food. Right. <laughs> which she did not <laughs> like, which made me laugh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just such a, it was like soul boot camp. I don't even know how to yes. describe it. Yes. That's that a great, really beautiful for that's me. That's a great uh, description of it. Um, now I want to ask you so many questions from what you just said. I'm going to ask you one and just let it go from there. So out of curiosity, is that how you started with your coaching? Is that what sparked that? Or is that something that was already in the works before? No, you know, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to be when Mm. I grew up, even Mm -hmm. though I was the eldest in the thirties group. Understood. (laughs) And uh, so I had, I had, I became a mom when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of did my track backwards, right? So I was parenting. I have three kids. um, Mm -hmm. One's 25, oldest 25, the youngest is 10. And so I kind of did that whole thing backwards. And now I have resources and time and opportunities to kind of grow up and have a career. Nice. which is very exciting, but I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do because I love to learn, but I really don't like traditional education. I don't like the right. way it works and I don't think it's particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. So when I, I went to this rites of passage and that I've been to the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, I started to get exposed to different people like Martha Beck, who is my teacher, Mm. And um, Iana actually does um, private coaching, or I don't know if she does anymore, but she used to to do private coaching. And then all of her, uh, her team does private coaching. And I started thinking about it 
from that lens of like, wait, this is my favorite thing to do. Like, mm. you know, I feel like sometimes you don't know what your passion is because it's so easy for you. Right. That you think, well, this is too easy. Everybody yeah. can do this. Yeah, and then yeah. you realize, oh, no. a lot of people can't do this. Like a lot of people don't know how to sit with ugly feelings and they right. don't know how to um, process their stuff because they, they're just not a language they speak. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized how good I was at that, I was mm. like, you know what? And I think it was really mama Danny who was like, mm. you have a, you have a gift. You're very good at this. Mm-hmm. And it made me just kind of think about it, but I hadn't really thought of it as a career that was possible until I started um, spending more time with Martha Beck and her philosophies. And I loved her take on things because our stories are very similar. Okay. Um, and so, you know, just early trauma and early issues and early physical, like a lot of physical health issues. I've never heard of Martha Beck. She's tremendous. And I think okay. you would enjoy her very much. Okay. I'm going to um, check her out. She's lovely. So she has a program called the mm-hmm. Wayfinder Program. And mm-hmm. I, I joined that. And um, I finished that up last year and was supposed to certify last year. And then COVID put a, a big pause COVID. button on things. And everybody's life. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's been a, it's been good because I've had a year to really practice. Like I'm in practice and I have clients, but I'm mm-hmm. not fully certified yet, which is lovely because it gives me the opportunity to know like when it's time to certify um, that I got this, like it's, mm. there's an exam and, but then there's like a, I have to coach a master coach, mm-hmm. which really wow. was a, a, like a fearful for me. And mm-hmm. then I realized like, I've got this, like I've had many clients. I'm really good at what I do. I know mm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I, I love like every time I hang up with a client, I have goosebumps. I feel energized. I just feel absolutely incredible because I know That's beautiful that what I'm doing matters. And I, mm. I just, I love it. I just love it. Cause it basically, I give permission to people all day to do what their soul knows they need to do, but they mm. didn't know how to say, wow. You know? And so when I talk That's to them, a powerful I have, statement. And it's such a powerful feeling because wow. I can see it right away. Mm-hmm. And really all it takes for me is being patient mm-hmm. and letting them see it for themselves. Because mm-hmm. I, within five minutes of talking to just about anybody, I know exactly what they're doing next eventually. Mm-hmm. Like what they'll, when they're brave enough, I know the step they're going to take. Wow. It's about opening up the gates for them and being like, all right, have you thought about it this way? What about this? Let's try this. What about this? And I never tell anybody what to do. I just get to the point where I'm like, you know, babe, (laughs) the first five minutes of our conversation, Uh you told me what you wanted. So, you know, and they don't even know, they don't even think about it that way. And so it's a, I love it. I could do it. It sounds like a miraculous process. Like you're seeing a miracle unfold before your eyes. Yes. And so you know, I have two real passions, I think, and one is childbirth and being a doula. Mm. And the other is, is life coaching and talking about hard feelings. Because Mm. for me, they're the same. It's like this transformational birth of a person. Oh my God. You a poet too, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're a poet too. It's just beautiful. And it's it's amazing. Cause like, there's a moment when a baby's being born that like Mm. God is in the room. There's no everyone around you is like you feel this like this is god and i feel the same thing when someone is dying and i feel the same thing when someone is waking up and it's oh my god beautiful it's absolutely that's (laughs) it's yeah you have taken my breath away (laughs) i'm not kidding wow it's it's the best it's the best wow 
Oh, yeah. um, so now that I want you as a coach, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me ask you, because we were, we had a brief conversation before mm-hmm. this about trauma informed coaching, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or if it's not trauma informed, it was more of, um, like having a broader spectrum on the different types of traumas yes. that exist because, yeah trauma obviously is not a monolith of a thing Mm -hmm. and also depending on the different cultures that we come from our traumas I want to say come from different sources or look a little different even though at the bottom of everything it just might be the same things Mm -hmm. but um the channels might, might are different not might be different but are so um we were talking about it really, this is a race based conversation, I mm-hmm. would say. And where trauma comes from, as far as Black people are concerned, and that's mm-hmm. not a monolith of a thing either. Right. Um, so, what would you say, or have you encountered, or have you coached African American people of the African American diaspora or Africa? Um, and what is it that you have felt you had to learn? This is a multi-layered question. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. It makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> um, and sorry, we we will unpack it together. But yeah. I'm just trying to think of. What is it that uh, you feel that you'd have to know when Mm -hmm. it comes to, say, a Black person coming to you with racial trauma or, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a good question. I I have not had the privilege of coaching an African-American person or a Black person. Not yet. Uh, And I'm happy to learn because what I do think that there is an important approach to all people mm-hmm. is that you what might traumatize you is going to look different and what right. might be traumatizing or triggering for another person you may never have even considered because right. you've got the privilege of never having to think about it something right. that way um, and so just really about um, careful approaching you know mm-hmm. and careful consideration of mm-hmm. I could not pretend to understand this. So I'm not going to be audacious enough to be like, oh, I know I'm woke. I've read the tweets. Like (laughs) that'd be the worst. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) This is our best and last session. Yes. Well, it's a little bit like when someone says, you know, I don't have children, but I have a dog. So I get it. Right. It's like, okay, please. I appreciate you. Go away. I don't understand what you're saying. Yes. Um, And, you know, and I, I'm willing to be ignorant. I'm willing to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm willing actually, it's so funny. I actually have considered this many times because I have coached people of color before mm-hmm. and it is different. It's a completely different circumstance and mm-hmm. experience. And what I have really understood about that. And I also have some disabled clients mm-hmm. and um, just to ask questions, right? Right. To never approach it thinking you get it. Right. Cause you don't get it. I don't care if I'm, t- I, some of my clients look just like me, same mm-hmm. age, same circumstance, same everything. Mm-hmm. I still don't know them. I don't right. know what they're thinking and what they need. And so, you know, to really just be curious and respectful and kind and never question 
what someone's trauma looks like or mm. what triggers them or or their lived experience mm. i don't care if it makes me uncomfortable right that's too bad if it makes me right. uncomfortable it's probably because it's true mm. right so you know if if i have a, a friend you know i mean i don't have any clients of color but yeah when i have a friend like a black friends who are very honest with me about their right. experience and i'm grateful for that because frankly that enough is like difficult to do right i would never I'm going to tell you, I don't mm-hmm. know what, how I would live this world if I was a mm-hmm. black person, but I will say mm-hmm. that if I, if I were, I would not be talking to white people about it. I hear you. I'm not going to take the risk <laughs> of having somebody you. go, I get it. Or right. y- maybe you're, you've got a bad attitude. Right. Maybe you have a better attitude about it. Like right. the whole thing is the setup for more irritation. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah. So I personally, you know, I would be, it would be a privilege to be able to coach any person with a different experience than me, but I'm never going to assume that I have the right for that. Mm-hmm. If you want me, you can't have me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will, you know, and, but I will not, I would never be like, you know what? I need more clients of color or I need, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm lucky enough, if I've earned that trust, cool. If I haven't, I've got my work to do. That's not, mm. you know, so I will say at this time, no, I have not had the privilege and I am okay with that because right. frankly, I would not expect any black person to be like, you know, I think I need a white life. Coach. Nah, no, but that's, the, I hear what you're saying. I know you know um, what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but this, what, you are inherently everything that I've known about you is beautiful. Really I know sweet. there are different aspects of us obviously we are not all beautiful all the time but inside outside you are beautiful and your intention is always to be better or healing I Mm -hmm. feel that about you I will say I know that about you just Mm -hmm. because of how you just how I vibe you yeah so that's number one the second thing that I really appreciate about your approach is a thing that used to even bother me in corporate America, where it's like, you got to act like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can't let anybody know that you don't know. And yeah. people used to tell me that because my favorite thing to say was, I don't know something mm-hmm. that was my favorite because I find when I do that, I open up just the the rivers of information coming forward to me people want to tell me Mm -hmm. you know I find different avenues of learning Mm -hmm. so that to me is such a great approach that people really should take on more Mm -hmm. as far as you not knowing yeah because how I receive it is that it's a curiosity Mm -hmm. right because first you you're not gonna know If somebody is saying that, you know, they know my experience that already comes off as unsafe. You lie. They already don't see you. Exactly. Exactly. So that open curiosity about wanting to get to know me Mm -hmm. is beautiful. And also you don't have to obviously be a part of my experience to be able to help me because there are certain things that are just principles you know, that work in damn near every situation or every situation, Mm -hmm. but the unpacking and finding the root is the thing that I find is so important. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to say something else because I, I feel like I talk in, how do you call it, unending sentences. Okay. And that's just it's the best people. Do. It's okay. <laughs> then I am the best person. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, so I have had different, I've had experiences with different types of therapists. Mm-hmm. And uh, starting, I had a great therapist for like five years years. She was amazing. And what I recognize now is she was more of a coach Mm -hmm. than a therapist, which was amazing. Uh, she, the, the thoughts and ideas and visions that she planted within me, which I had no idea, but based on what you said, she didn't plant them in me. They were already there and she brought them forward, (laughs) but she, gave me the courage to even do poetry, stand up poetry. She's the one who first encouraged me to do that. And I was like, why do I want to do that? And, you know, express my deepest vulnerabilities in front of people. And here, this is what I'm doing like eight years later. Um, So I had her and that was in Jamaica. I lived in Jamaica at the time I met her there. She was amazing, amazing. When I came over here, like a couple of years ago, uh, when the trauma, like I became ready to face my trauma and actually be released from it, I noticed that she was no longer the person that could help me get over that hurdle. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. It was uncomfortable. It was, but I knew it wasn't her. So I went on to find a trauma therapist or someone who I thought was a trauma therapist, but really she gave me some helpful tools, but she really wasn't a trauma therapist, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I looked for someone who was Mm African-American and that was a thing that I wanted to do, I guess, because I had already had the experience, even though um, my first long-term therapist was, she was Jamaican, not african-american but she was black but the thing that i noticed is that it is important not only to look for the same type of person as you Mm -hmm. i do think there are some issues that you can fall into if you are that human has some experiences that are similar to yours. So there are some same ways that you look at some issues where you might need an outside or Mm -hmm. a different way of looking at something. And I have found, I actually now have a white man therapist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when, when they told me he was a white male, I was like, I don't know. We in a society (laughs) right now. (laughs) White male is not the favorite thing right now. (laughs) They are quite passe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I felt this energy in me. I was like, let me try him anyway. Absolutely. Because I can, I I have a choice. Go ahead. Yeah. And for every, every hurdle and every obstacle you're trying to clean up, Mm-hmm. There's a different teacher for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, oh, sometimes you do need a teacher who looks just like you and it has a very similar lived experience because mm-hmm. you don't have it in you to explain yourself. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things that, you know, if you have somebody that is the same race, the same gender, mm-hmm. the same age ish, 
you can relate in a way that's like, yeah, you get it. I don't yeah. have to start from scratch to explain my trauma, explain like you, you've got your individual trauma, but you don't have to explain your cultural trauma. Right. You don't have to explain your gender trauma, right. all of that stuff. Right. But, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Once you pass that hurdle, though, there is a point where it's like, you know what, I'm going to need a, a trickier teacher. I'm gonna mm-hmm. need, you know, I've, I have the same, I have a, a healthcare professional on my team now who is a mm-hmm. young man, which mm. is not something I would ever have chosen. But I was like, you know what, my body needs to learn how to trust a young man. That mm. is really crucial. And at first it was super uncomfortable. And now that it's happened, I was like, this is, this is more helpful than I expected it to be. Mm. And it is, it's therapeutic to, to teach yourself that you're okay to trust yourself and you can trust your own instincts. And so to say, all right, well, this, this particular white man is going to heal me, you know, help me heal and, and be the right teacher at the right time. Sometimes that teacher looks so different than you thought. So different. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but but that's sometimes the beauty of it. Yes. And, you know, I mean, when I was a little girl, my teacher was Oprah. I'm sure that's true for I love so many Oprah. women. My oh, age. my God. She was my mother. I mean, I seriously mm. do feel mothered by her. And every mm-hmm. day at four o'clock, she was like four o'clock. there to show me my, you know, how to do all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> like deep true. feelings, but also how to make, you know, smoothies. I mean, she was like a mom. To me. Yeah. And so my comfort zone has always been with older black women. Mm. That's been like, for me, that's like my, my mother energy comes from an older black oh, woman. And so for me, like there's been interesting times where meeting with like an old white man is so terrifying to me mm. or, or an older white woman. It's just right. too triggery. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I think maybe, maybe I need to do that. You know, mm. each teacher, each event needs a different teacher. And there are going to be times when, you know, you just don't have it in you to be yeah. like, you know what? I'll go so far out of my comfort zone. Like sometimes right. just talking to somebody is outside your comfort zone. So you that's pick true. someone as close to you as possible. Right. But then there are some times where that boundary is, a little loose, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of projecting. Yes. You know, there's that like is a, what oh, I, I started it. to experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, well, but maybe you yeah, don't you're it. not, you, yeah, you don't. Right. Or you, yeah, you're looking at me from your own mm-hmm. um, vision and you're not mm-hmm. seeing me, or maybe you actually don't have the tools is what I saw it as. Yeah. Like you don't have the tool anymore to help right. me to where I need to go. Right. Which is, is not a knock on her in any way. Yeah, no, like not at had, all. She was the perfect person for you yeah. for one, one step. You right. Know? And then you elevate and you're like, all right, you get hungry for a new teacher. Yes. And then you elevate and that teacher, and and that's really the point, right? Yeah. We're supposed to, I mean, just in general, conventional school, you elevate, Mm -hmm. you you outgrow your kindergarten teacher, hopefully by- Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) But every one of those teachers is so valuable for that period. Yes. Um, So I am a big fan of uh, moving on. You know, I've had some clients who have been um, really afraid and I'm like, listen, we can't work together more than a year. Like, mm. can you come back to me? If you right. ever need to come back to me after a year, we're just playing around. Like, I love that. You know, it's time for you to launch. You know, it's, I you love don't need that. me. I yeah. have had um, some awkward situations mm. where it came to letting go of therapists. <laughs> yeah, <me> and <laughs> I, I'm, and in my, 
I don't know if this is the appropriate way to look at it, but I tend to put therapists on a pedestal when it Mm -hmm. comes to emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I just like a preacher or a teacher, like there's an area that you are skilled at. And I, it may be something that I take quite too much literally, Mm -hmm. but I have a high expectation where that is concerned. Mm -hmm. And I found the experiences that I had with letting go of therapists, they were lacking. Like for me, I, I thought it would be an experience where yes, you have grown, you have moved on. It is a natural part of life. Like you said, yeah. And that was not my experience. <laughs> Mine either. And no, I and I, like, yeah. yeah I, and I don't know what that's all about. I don't know. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was pissed. You're not supposed to make this weird for me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know what that's all about either. I, um, Son. I have had, I'm not a therapist. And, uh-huh. and so I can't speak for therapists. Right. One therapist that was excellent at that and mm-hmm. could really be very clear. Like we have, we've crossed these hurdles. And at this point, unless you want to work on something specific and different, I think you're good for now. And then you should right. come back to me if you need me. And that's where I got that model mm-hmm. for, for um, really giving permission, because if you don't give, there's an implied authority. If someone's paying yes, me there is. and someone's there calling is. me something like life coach or, right. you know, that there's an implied authority and I yeah. respect that. Yeah. And that is, it's my job to make that easier for people yeah, to know, like, I love that, you know, because I've been there and it is mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I've mm-hmm. had to fire doctors and therapists mm-hmm. and, and it's never personal. It's just, I've outgrown you because you yeah. did your job, yes, you know, you so why make it weird, job. you know, yes. it should be like a, you certain you, here's your certificate as being an excellent therapist because yes. I feel ready to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, that's good. That's good news. Um, so yeah, I learned that from one in particular that really gave me that kind of language. And I really appreciate it because I've had others that, especially if you were going to a therapist for anxiety or PTSD and things like that, you don't, it's so terrifying to say to someone, hello, I have issues with this. Exactly. So then you're, you're wasting time and you're locked up and you can't, it's awful. It's a waste of time. It's like three sessions that you didn't have to pay for. (laughs) I I think I've outgrown this. (laughs) I was at this point, although I felt like the awkwardness of it, Mm -hmm. there is a feeling when you've outgrown something. It is, it is, how can I say it? It's a mourning. It's a grieving. Mm-hmm. It's the the vibration of it is low, mm-hmm. um, and it. I know, like I have to let it go. Like this is yeah. now a death. Yeah. Um, so that it, that feeling is there, and it's something I never looked at really with uh, other relationships. So this is a great learning tool, actually, <laughs> because like I was married, mm-hmm. that thing then died years yes. before. Yeah. I and I let it go on. That's not something I would do now. Yeah. But yeah, there, time of death, two thousand eight. <laughs> yo, son, bye, Bad. deuces, gotta go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh my God. So I have become skilled in this mm-hmm. area where when that death is happening or the decomposing, mm-hmm. I feel it. Yes. So I took a step back because this was going to be my first time ever doing this with a therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I needed to do to step back because I have issues, abandonment issues. Yeah. Right. And I have, um, how do you call that? That anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy for me to actually let go mm -hmm. until something is exploding. Yeah. It's right. Gotta get real, real. It's bad. Re and, and I was like, no, I know this is, I know it's time to go. How do I handle it? So I learned to step back. And mm -hmm. in that time I looked for another therapist because there was also a money um, aspect to mm -hmm. the change. Mm -hmm. And I needed um, the original therapist that I had, there was no insurance with her. Mm -hmm. So that it was pretty costly out of yeah. pocket. So there were a lot of things to consider. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I did finally have all my ducks in a row, I was going to reach out to her. She wound up reaching out to me first, but um, I, I thanked her in the biggest way because this woman has helped me really change the mm -hmm. face of my life. She yeah. really has. And her response to me was so lackluster. No. My feelings were hurt. Yeah. They really, yeah. really were. But, um, yeah, I, you want that mama bird moment yes, where it's like, I'm I so did. proud of you. Yes. And it's been such a pleasure. It's, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I was so hurt by that. Mm -hmm. And I do know that life is, life is also learning how to deal with disappointments and mm -hmm. knowing that there are just some things that aren't about me. I, that wasn't about me because mm -hmm. for me, if it were me, my reaction would have been different, mm -hmm. but it wasn't about me. It had to do with her yeah. and in the letting go, there was work there as well, which was right. interesting. Like the work wasn't just with her. The work was also letting her go and then letting the other person go because I am an anxious attachment person, mm -hmm. but that is really being cured real fast with these people that I have to let go in my life. Yeah. So, well, yeah. And it's all <laughs> part of the whole thing. It's, you know, it's, it's deciding when to move on from yeah. one teacher to the next is such a huge part of the growth. Yeah. It's, it's the, probably the most uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But depending on the so teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people can make it more comfortable no. if they were, you know, if they were willing, but yeah. yeah, it's, it is such an important part. And, and there is a distinct difference too. And you can start to feel it as you heal mm. that there's the, the difference between my mental illness is actually keeping me from wanting to open up to this person. Yes. So, you know, making the appointments feel like, eh, yeah, I might, I might cancel on you last minute. Yeah. That's anxiety. That's mental illness. Yeah. It's a difference between knowing, all right, I just feel it's a, it lands different in your body, yeah, you know, does. and you just sort of feel it wherever you tend. I mean, everybody feels it differently for me. It's um, like pit of the stomach kind of yeah. feeling where I just feel like this is not right for me. Yeah if I'm anxious about it and I know like, okay, this is really just, um, I need to see this person because right. I want to cancel. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's, right. that lands different. That's more in my yes. chest. I get yeah. more like butterfly type of feelings mm. and trying to just trust yourself to know the difference and know, you know, because I think too, when you, when you have mental illness, mm -hmm. it is really hard to trust yourself you know mm, it, yes it's so absolutely. hard and so yes you know because you don't know who's where, talking if it's yeah. the trauma if it's your intuition yes yeah. and that's where a really good therapist should be helping you talk 
you know, talk you through that kind of stuff right. and help you see the difference. Right. And and if your therapist isn't helping you figure out when to launch, mm. they might be too entangled in your stuff. Yeah, you know, they, there's ego. work for them. To, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, you know, not to knock them because they're definitely not beautiful work and they yeah. are human, you know, yes. I mean. That's another thing I had to understand. Just like when you learn your mother is a person, you know, (laughs) just like, oh, Oh, she could be petty too. Mm -hmm. Like I was, it it really, Mm -hmm. yeah, it threw me for a loop, but I get it. You were saying they're also human. I kind of cut you off there. Oh no, it's okay. They just, you know, I think that everybody has their thing. Like, you know, as a, as a coach, I will have, you know, most of my calls are really great because I, I can channel something else. Like you said, mm. with Diana, she's she's tr- channeling something else. Mm-hmm. She still has her petty bullshit moments. Yes, but she not does. When she's at work. Uh-uh. <laughs> right? like, You're so right. You know? But yeah. there, are still, there are moments, you know, and I'll yeah. see them. I can feel them when I'm coaching somebody. Mm. If something's too close to my own trauma, I have to take a step back and kind of just check in with my higher self. If I'm I like, oh, like I lowered my own frequency uh-huh. here to say something that was not helpful to you. Yeah. I was just speaking for my ego yeah. and that I can feel that the second it happens. Yeah. And if I were to let it ride, it would be a terrible call. It would yeah. not be helpful. It would be, you know, and I've had a couple of those where you're like, Ooh, I was, I was a C minus effort, uh. <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, as uh, the busier you get as a therapist, I can imagine that would be, there'd be days, you know, yeah. where you're just not, not great. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you know? and, and like you said, you're human. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you described the feeling of when your ego comes in, mm-hmm. in your work, because I, I do not have any clients, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, but when I'm having a conversation with my friend and they're venting, Mm -hmm. I have found, like, I've discovered within myself that there is a part of me that I like to fix things and fix people. And that has not served me particularly well in my life, even though my intentions were good. And that Mm -hmm. took me years to be able to separate (laughs) the intentions, man. So there is a time because I've become more aware of it, maybe in the past year or so, there is a time in a conversation where I feel like I don't, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there's this anxiety of wanting to spit out a thing that like, it's like, I know, I know. Mm -hmm. It's like something like that. I know (laughs) me, 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 pick me. And, And I have to bring myself back and understand that it's not about me. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I wouldn't say that is something that's cured within me, when I do feel that I stay quiet. Yes. and take a step back it is not the time congratulations to for thank, that. <laughs> thank you because I would feel like um the person would get quiet or mm-hmm. like whatever I said did not land yeah, how I anticipated yeah so I'm mm-hmm. like mm, I have to take a step back so it's mm-hmm. interesting that you've described it as that so that's mm-hmm. something that I can that gives me lo- more language with what's going on with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a saying in my head that I use. Well, I have two actually Mm -hmm. with my children. It's a faster, more effective way. Mm -hmm. I will find myself 
if I find myself talking to myself instead of them because mm. I'm trying to serve a need or I'm trying to fill a That's void, a word. Or, I will say to myself, my mantra is shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's so, it sounds so self-deprecating, like but it's very effective. <laughs> and then when I'm at work, because uh -huh. I'm a grown up, I don't swear in my head at work. <laughs> 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 When I'm working with the client, what I imagine is like my seven-year-old self in class mm. being like, ooh, 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 yes, I know, ooh. I know the answer to yes. the divorce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so when That's I find so myself good. doing that, I have uh -huh. like my higher self steps in like a teacher and I put my hand on that little girl's shoulder and I say, uh. That's not love. Mm. That's not love. Because when I when I think about it, like um, mm. there's I've heard so many different thoughts leaders and you know spiritual mm -hmm. teachers and stuff say it this way mm -hmm. and it's really helpful to me to remember that if you take someone's struggle from them mm. you're hurting them you're not loving them right so if somebody is in pain them. and they come to you with their pain and you go oh well have you tried blah 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 or oh let me get on the phone and solve your problem like yeah I can't believe you're having trouble with that it not only is it super self-serving mm. and superior behavior mm. because it's you know, you're operating from this sense of like, your problems are smaller than mm, me. I got My this. goodness, girl. So what I do instead is I try to remind myself inside, like that is not love. If you mm. love this person, you will let them struggle and figure it out and just be there. Don't judge them mm. because honestly, stepping in to solve someone's problem without them asking you to is a judgment and it's mm. not kind. You, you is know, preaching like, words. Oh, no, seriously. Well, there's just this like inherent suggestion that like, oh, I'm just smarter than you. I'm better than you. I have this more figured out than you. I can wow, just, you it's know. true. And it's I've done kind. that. I have done that. Me too. Me wow. too. I've put money and time and energy and solutions into people yeah. who did not need it or ask no, me to no. do it. And it never really feels great. You yeah. know, it turns out that it's actually kind of abusive and it's yeah. not loving. Absolutely. Um, so I just remember that that's not love, yeah. you know, and if it's not love, I'm not doing it. I don't, right. that's just not that all of that is a waste of my time now. Wow. I'm 42. I can, I can, I don't, I don't have time to waste. <laughs> I hear you. And it's so, so you know, true. I, just try to I have enough that. of my own F, you know, shit going on absolutely. basically. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is a distraction too. Like if you're yes. feeling, you know, a little, I don't know not not in you know in integrity and not in right. alignment with your own values or your you know if something just isn't right for you you're feeling duplicitous in any way then when someone comes at you with a problem you've already solved in your life or you yeah. might have an idea for mm -hmm. it's so tempting to be like oh yes. oh that's delicious I can put my stuff down and I can yeah. do your stuff it's so true because, you know you're stupid and I'm yeah. brilliant <laughs> You know, it's such, it's a drug. I mean, it's just such a gross so way So let me ask you, Laura, this really like takes me to so many directions because this is an area where I've been developing in, but it's not completely resolved for me. So yeah. then what happens when you do have a friend who is venting mm -hmm. and, um, what happens? Because I still find myself, I'm like, 
All right. Sometimes I don't say anything and mm-hmm. I do listen. Sometimes I ask, you know, would you like a suggestion? But what would you suggest? Because I think in the end, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to not say anything if I can help this person. Because yeah. sometimes I need help when I'm asking for or when I'm venting. And I don't like when people just say, I've heard people say it'll be okay. Like they placate me. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Yeah, sometimes no, I don't not. want advice, but sometimes I need it. So how yeah. do you suggest, um, yeah. if you have any suggestions? Well, I, you know what? I have a, this is an area of issue for me. If you can't. Yeah. Tell. Well, and I will tell you, it, you know, if you think you're going to clean this up ever, in your life, <laughs> you're so cute. Uh, it's never <laughs> you are always going to be, you know, working on this. Cause this uh-huh. is just, there is no point where you have arrived. Like you will always be doing this work for mm-hmm. your whole life. But when it comes to that temptation of solving a problem, mm-hmm. um, first I ask, are you asking for help? Got like, it. What are you, what do you yeah. need from me right now? Yes. And, and a lot of times no one, no one knows what they need until they yes, need it. Yes, that's so true. They need it. And so sometimes I will say, you know, basically just keep talking. Tell me more about that. Why do you feel mm. that way? What, mm. You know, and, and just let them solve their own problem. Because what I find, I mean, my, my sweet loving husband doesn't mm-hmm. quite know this yet. He's mm-hmm. getting better at it every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I'm complaining, I just need to say it out loud so that it's basically like, Hey, can you please be a vessel for me, for me to work mm. out my stuff so I can see my own bullshit mm-hmm. out loud? That'd I love that. Right. Um, if you're talking with somebody who isn't using you for that, who isn't asking for that, they're going to ask you for help. Right. Mm. I mean, I have never not helped somebody who asked me for help. Right. But what I've stopped doing is helping someone preemptively right. because I don't want to be uncomfortable anymore. I don't right. want to sit in their discomfort. Right. It's too bad. Right. And you also have to honor your own boundary. If there are times when you don't have the space to be that uncomfortable, you got to say it. You got to say, I was going to ask you, you, but I'm not prepared for that right now. So what happens if it's a person that complains about the same thing constantly? I don't have the capacity for that. I have found, um, Uh, you know, I don't, I'm going to be completely honest. I mm-hmm. don't have a lot of relationships like that anymore. I, I end them. Yes. Them. I ended yes. them. I don't have the space for them, but okay. I will say, you know, if it, with family, you know, people you can't dumb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if occasionally that happens, what I really try to do is honor their feelings and understand like, this is the best they could do right now. This is where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I will just validate it and say, man, that sounds like it's terrible. Got it. That's it. Got it. And because I think that I, what I've noticed with people who complain a lot, mm-hmm. they just, they want to be heard. They want to be seen. They, yeah. they complain so much because somewhere along the line, whether it's in their current life or when they were little tiny people, mm-hmm. they did not get seen. And yeah. so when you see them and just yeah. give them that moment, really absorb it, just let them do it. Yeah. They may complain a little less just because mm-hmm. they feel validated, but mm. if they don't, you, there is a point where you can just be honest and say, you know, I see this pattern of you always feeling this way. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering what that's all about mm. and just let them figure it out, you know, but to really be willing to sit in the discomfort, to be a little confrontational, yeah. to be, you know, respectfully honest, yeah. you know, where it's I've like, uh, yeah. you know what? <laughs> yeah. And to just honestly say, 
I don't really have the space for this. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what you need from me, but I will ask, you know, I'll ask, I have a, you know, close to teenage daughter, she's 12 Mm -hmm. and she's a a little whirlwind of feelings. And Mm -hmm. what I've learned from her, the sentence that helps instead of making everything worse Mm -hmm. (laughs) is I say, is there anything I can do for you that won't make it worse? Oh, and then it gives her a minute. I read that in a book. I think I read I it in Untangled. It's a beautiful book about raising daughters. And um, oh my god, it works. I'm gonna use that. It's so helpful. And I oh. I can't remember who wrote that book, but they're wonderful. But she uh, it gives her a second. Like it, she just takes a breath and she's just like, I don't. What would make this not worse, yeah. right? Because making it better sometimes doesn't feel like an option. Yeah, and you know. And as a, a grown woman, I look at my little peanut with this mm-hmm. really very privileged, spectacular life. And she's just like, oh, everything sucks, you know? And uh-huh. I'm like, mm, yeah. okay, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but for her, uh-huh. she's telling me the truth. I for mean, her, it sucks. Yes. So, you know, to just honor the suck and be like, yeah. man, tell me everything that sucks. Yeah. Um, with my clients, the first thing I do in at least the first three calls, just to see patterns is I say, what sucks? what sucks we we don't i, I don't want to don't tell me everything that's great uh-huh. because that whole toxic everything's great i'm fine yeah. you know oh god willing you know let's you know just be grateful for everything i appreciate yeah. gratitude yeah but we don't have a lot of spaces where we're allowed to just bitch yes i agree you know and so to be the kind of friend that allows somebody to just be in a shitty place mm-hmm. is really kind but you also mm. get to pick your friends <laughs> Right. So you you have a friend, well, an acquaintance that's not really someone you you that lifts you up and makes you feel like a better person. Like if this you is don't a constant, to to that. Yes. yeah, no, you get to say no, thank you. Anytime. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you know. That was absolutely beautiful. You gave me a bunch of tools there, uh, just in case you didn't know. That really, really was helpful. And thank in you. what you said, I recognize that in the past I've been that person. Yeah, complaining. We've all been that person. I've been that person. So yeah. that kind of gave me some clarity, some grace. Mm-hmm. as well exactly. and remove judgment on my end of oh these friends who mm-hmm. I've had who've complained I've been that person as well yeah. so and and you remember what you needed yeah you know that and you get to choose if you want beautiful. to give that or not but you yeah know, to know that it's never intentional no one's ever trying to that's my well I want to say that no one's ever trying to be a one-way street or yeah. drain you or be yeah. you know an energy vampire but some people are just in a terrible spot and yeah. they really need to be held with grace and respected for the awful time that they're feeling. Because I think when everyone around you tells you like, oh, just have a better attitude about it. Yeah. It makes it, I think, I think it delays the healing and the process. It does. Like it really does. It grateful. invalidates it. Like yeah. I, I remember in the past, where I was told, you know, I I can't stand these words, get over your past, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, and anyway, I've spoken about manifesting and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, people have these rules as to what ought to be done in life. Mm -hmm. But then say you take them up on it and ask them, well, how? Mm-hmm. there's nothing to really follow <laughs> no. that up no and I okay. think the term get over is such a funny visual of like literally jumping over get the o- ugly yes. parts yeah and that's not gonna work you know just keep happening like you yes. can pretend Absolutely. but you're gonna find yourself in these awful patterns yes so uh, you know. I, I mean here 
whenever now I think of people who say get over mm-hmm. your past, those are the very people I know have not gotten over yeah. their past. Yeah. That really is telltale. Yes. About as as you. Me, I feel it as in my bones. I'm like, yeah, oh, like, honey, I'm so sorry. You're not over your past. <laughs> yeah, you are in a lot of pain. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I read this book, or I'm reading this book. It's a really tough book to read, but it's excellent. It's called um, The Trauma of Remaining. And what you said has really got me thinking about this book in the aspect of sometimes someone just needs to hear you to for you to be a witness Mm -hmm. of what sucks for them because so much in in this society it's so much about not facing things directly Mm -hmm. getting over whatever it is getting Mm -hmm. over so you can hurry up and get to whatever it is that's the next thing you're Mm -hmm. really supposed to be focused on we don't have enough of people witnessing us in our uh, in our traumatic moments and yes. needing to grieve and mourn and yes. be uncomfortable with you in those times. So yeah. I'm hearing, what I'm hearing of you is that you're a spectacular witness. Is... Well, I try not to get in the shit with them, right? So like right. having the boundary of not exhausting myself because right. then you get resentful and that's on you. Like if right. you don't have good boundaries, you're kind of codependent. Yeah. Every time someone's having a sucky time and they tell you about it, all yeah. of a sudden you're having a sucky time. Right. That is a good indication that you might want to do some work, right? Right. Um, so, you know, if someone's wading through the shit, though, it's mm-hmm. a very lonely process. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the side with a glass of water and a right. towel. Witnessing. Yeah. You know, Cheer because you I know on. it sucks, but I know you can do it, you know, and I'm not going to try to rush you through it because I'm uncomfortable. That's a weird response. Yeah. And it's just not loving. It's yeah. just not, you know, and I had to learn that the hard way, you know, I mean, it's not like I grew up thinking that I yeah I me either be a savior about 75,000 times before I was like oh I might be an asshole you yeah know, like, I might not be awesome <laughs> yes and I'm also um not really focusing on myself so right. I'm not doing myself a service either right so that yeah. at any given moment I might explode because I'm still traumatized too so I have all this stuff that's just going to come up the second you don't appreciate everything I've done for you, you know, right. right. It's just, it's a weird cycle. Yes. And it is, I think the forties, that's what I'm loving about the forties is uh-huh. that whole, like, you know what, this is heavy. I'm putting this down. Yes. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Agreed. Um, you know? Yes. I, I don't have, um, I find in my forties, as soon as I hit 40, uh, I had no time for bullshit yeah. and it happened in, in 2020 anyway. And 2020 just was like, Hey, I ain't got no time for bullshit. So <laughs> it was amplified on steroids. Yes. So yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Laura, I have to say this was an absolute, absolute pleasure. I really can see the spirituality that you bring. Like it is not just you who's doing this coaching. Um, And I can already see that you're a, you're a spectacular coach. Like you you don't have to tell me, hopefully that doesn't pressure you. (laughs) 
no, I, actually, I know. I know I'm really good. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. You. <laughs> you have given me some tools indirectly in yeah. this whole conversation. So I just wanted you to put in every plug that you have <laughs> um, so that someone that's listening to this can seek your services. If you have space, that is. I don't know if you have space. Oh, sure. I have but space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, please. You can find me on Instagram mm-hmm. at Coach Laura. Uh, my name is L-A-U-R-A-H, Coach Laura mm-hmm. on Instagram. And on Facebook, I'm at Radical Freedom Life Coaching. Okay. Um, my name is Laura Bajoric, Laura with an H. Um, okay. And you can Google me, you can find me and send me a message and we can we can talk. And you definitely, you do Zoom and all of that internet yep, coaching do, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. It has been a pleasure. I have learned so much and hopefully at some point you return to the show. Thank you so much for your presence and talk to you next time. Bye Bye. everybody.